98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Carrie Lam says the chief executive should not be subject to excessive legal restrictions and public accountability. Mrs. Lam adds her name to the list of Hong Kong officials slamming the United States over its criticism of the national security law. And a government advisor on COVID vaccines says people with weak immune systems may be able to get booster jabs in future. Carrie Lam says Hong Kong's chief executive should not be subject to what she called excessive legal restrictions and public accountability, saying this could undermine the special constitutional status of the post. The CE was defending her decision to renege on her election promise to amend anti-bribery laws to cover the chief executive. Earlier this week, she told lawmakers she had given up on the idea. Timmy Song reports. Mrs. Lam says she had decided not to amend the law after gaining a deeper understanding of one country, two systems, as well as the basic law. She told an RTHK program that if the CE were subject to excessive restrictions under local law and public accountability, the constitutional functions of the chief executive would be directly affected. But Mrs. Lam said that didn't mean she wasn't subject to regulations as the central government monitors the conduct of the chief executive. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has added her name to a list of Hong Kong officials attacking the US over its criticism of the national security law. In addition to sanctioning seven mainland officials, the U.S. warned businesses of possible risks posed by the security law, while the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, issued its own statement. Violet Wong reports. Mrs. Lam said in a statement she's alarmed by the totally unsubstantiated remarks in Mr. Blinken's statement, which said Beijing had chipped away at Hong Kong's reputation for accountable, transparent governance and respect for individual freedoms over the past year since it imposed the national security law for the SAR. Chief Secretary John Lee, meanwhile, dismissed the business advisory, saying the bullying tactics of the U.S. reflect the necessity to safeguard national security. The Department of Justice also stressed the law was in line with international practice. Beijing's liaison office also condemned the U.S. government over the sanctions, describing them as no more than waste paper. It also criticized the business warning about the national security law, saying it was a smear. Meanwhile, the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office has said the sanctions would not undermine the determination of officials to safeguard national interests. A government advisor on COVID vaccine says those with weak immune systems may not be able to get booster jabs in future. Here's Violet Wong again. Professor Wallace Lau from the Department of Medicine at the University of Hong Kong said experts would be meeting next week to discuss whether people needed a third COVID jab when their antibody levels eventually fell. But he said it was more important to reach a higher vaccination rate first. He also said data has shown that the Sinovac jab could ward off COVID. A recent HKU study showed that antibody levels in healthcare workers who had received the BioNTech jab were 10 times higher than in those who had received the Sinovac. A Kowloon city magistrate has sentenced a reporter to 240 hours of community service for resisting a police officer after she had mistakenly suspended the defendant's prison sentence last month. Robert Kemp reports. 
Okayan, who works for the online news outlet Benue Entertainment, was arrested in a public toilet on Sai Street while she was covering a protest in Mong Kok last year. She had alleged officers had pepper sprayed her, causing her to pass out. Principal Magistrate Ada Yim noted Ho's background report, said she had difficulty controlling her emotions. She ordered Ho to attend regular psychological checkups and counselling. In June, Magistrate Yim had originally sentenced Ho to four weeks in prison, suspended for two years. But shortly afterwards, she retracted her decision after realising the sentence couldn't be suspended. Germany's President Frank-Walter Steinmeier has spoken of the suffering of those he's met on a visit to one of the towns worst affected by catastrophic flooding. Speaking in Erstadt, where flash flood and landslips destroyed buildings, he said the fate of those who died ripped up one's heart. We see places, we see communities that are marked by devastation and destruction. Much is lost and not easily remade. But the biggest loss is borne by those who've lost relatives in the floods. We mourn with those who've lost their friends, acquaintances or relatives. Their fate tears our hearts apart. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. The Philippines' ruling party has voted out its leader, the champion boxer Manny Pacquiao, the latest development in an unfolding drama between Mr. Pacquiao and President Rodrigo Duterte. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. One of the coziest political partnerships in the Philippines has come to a dramatic end. In the past, the country's outspoken president, Rodrigo Duterte, enjoyed the consistent support of Manny Pacquiao, a world champion boxer who also doubles as a senator. But last month, Mr. Pacquiao publicly criticized his one-time ally, questioning why Duterte didn't do more to counter China's claims in the South China Sea or to battle endemic corruption. Many expect him to throw his hat in the ring for next year's presidential race, though right now Pacquiao is away in the U.S. preparing to enter another ring, ahead of a welterweight title boxing match. Afghan government sources have told the BBC peace negotiations with the Taliban in the Qatari capital Doha have got off to a good start. A spokesman said he hoped the talks would pave the way for a dignified and durable peace. The Taliban spokesman Suhail Shaheen denied the group was bent on a military solution after their recent rapid gains on the ground. More from the BBC's Lise Doucette in Doha. These high-level talks are taking place in the midst of growing uncertainty and anxiety about Afghanistan's future. In recent weeks, the Taliban have been overrunning districts across Afghanistan, fueling concern that they are bent on a military victory. The Taliban spokesman, Suhail Shaheen, denied that the Taliban have abandoned the talks. He told the BBC that they believe the only durable solution will be a political one. But their recent proposals also underline their view that they believe victory is all but theirs. Pakistan has partially reopened the border crossing with Afghanistan days after it was closed following the Taliban's capture of the town on the other side. An official said more than 4,000 Afghans, including women and children, crossed over to Pakistan to celebrate the festival of Eid with their relatives in Balochistan. A protester has been killed in Iran during a second night of demonstrations over severe water shortages in the southwestern province of Huzestan. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has the latest. 
A picture of the man who was killed has been circulating widely on social media. He's named as Mustafa Neymadi and identified as a member of the ethnic Arab minority that's based in Huzestan. The protesters and opposition media based outside Iran say he was killed by the security forces, with reports that they opened fire on the demonstrations. Iranian official media confirmed the first death in the protest, which began on Wednesday night, but accused the protesters of being responsible saying he died from a stray bullet after people started firing into the air. President Bashar al-Assad of Syria has taken the oath of office for a fourth term in a ceremony in Damascus. Official figures gave Mr. Assad 95% of the vote in May, but the US and a number of other countries dismissed it as a sham. Ten years after the war in Syria began, Mr. Assad now controls with Russian and Iranian support the main cities in the country. The president of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach, has called on the Japanese people to welcome and support the competing athletes hours after street protests against the event in Tokyo. The protests came after an unnamed foreign national tested positive for the virus inside the Olympic Village. Mr. Bach said he understood the population's concern. We are very well aware of uh, the skepticism uh Obviously, a number of people have here in uh, Japan, and uh, you know my uh, my appeal uh, to uh, the Japanese uh, people to welcome uh, these athletes uh, here uh, for their competition of uh, their life. And on to the weather: mainly cloudy, with a few showers, which will be heavy at times, and there'll be thunderstorms tomorrow. Temperatures in the region of 27 to 30 degrees, with moderate easterly winds occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook? The weather will be unsettled, with showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. Showers will be heavy at times on Monday. Currently at the observatory, it's 28 degrees Celsius, with the relative humidity standing at 81%. And that's the news from RTHK.
at 6, actually at about uh, 14 minutes after 11. Fresh Start Fever. Fresh start for a brand new hour. The fever, well, it's there. And that's why we gotta make it cool.